Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! What's up, everybody? We're trying to up our Instagram game because they tell me that that's supposed to be important. So if you see me squirming around in here, it's because I was trying to figure out how to take a video of myself while we also operate the radio machine. But it's too late for that. If you're listening or watching, you don't care about the Instagram. You already know about ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, uh, and the ESPN MT app. Welcome in. Hope you're having a great day. Hope you're having a great week. I couldn't be better. I had a very productive day, had some sales meetings this morning, had lunch with a great friend and mentor of mine. Uh, I was a smart guy, so I walked downtown uh, and then walked back and made some phone calls on the way both ways. So uh, productive, filled with vitamin D. And guess what? It's the last show of the week. I I love hanging out with all you guys all the time, but I am actually going on a real vacation starting tomorrow. I get to head to the Windy City, go to Chicago take the train up to Milwaukee for a couple days, see one of my best pals, and then uh, come on back down to Chi-Town and hang out there uh, in Chicago for another day. Uh, we'll be off the air Thursday and Friday. We got some other content coming your way, though, during this four to six slot here, uh, your prime drive time here on ESPN Radio. So stay tuned for that. But uh, last nuance is now of the day, or of the week, excuse me, and also of the day. That would be hard to do multiple of these shows in one day. Uh, but a ton to get to. Uh, we'll take you around the world of sports in Montana, some news briefs. We're also going to be joined by uh, Gallatin High School head track and field coach Chantel Yeager. She's actually a young lady I've known since she was in high school. Ironically, she was uh, running in Yakima, uh, Washington, when I was working in Ellensburg. Then I moved to Bozeman, Montana to work for the newspaper there. 
and she went to Montana State to run track. And now here we are some 10 years later. She's the head coach at Gallatin, and they shared the boys' double-A state championship this year. That's the first ever state championship in track and field uh, for the Gallatin High Raptors. So Chantel Yeager will join us uh, to break down the rise uh, of the Raptors here. She'll join us about 4.15. The NCAA national uh, meet begins today in Austin, Texas, and a total of four runners from Montana State will compete uh, this evening 6.02 p.m. Mountain Time is the uh, scheduled time for the men's 3,000-meter steeplechase. Duncan Hamilton, the overwhelming favorite in this race. That's the I, I believe that that's the first time I've ever been able to say that about somebody out of the Big Sky Conference. They're a true, absolute, no doubt about it, favorite in a national championship race. That's pretty sweet. Uh, Bozeman High's uh, finest is the headliner. But Levi Taylor of um, Laurel. And Rob McManus, also of Montana State, will also run in that 3,000-meter steeplechase. And then the, uh, late this evening, 8.08 tonight, the men's 10,000 meters, Ben Perrin will run in that one. He is the 25th seed uh, in that race. But if you get in that top 16, you're an All-American. So certainly something to run for for everybody that's involved in this national championship meet. Tomorrow night, 9.08 p.m. is when the women's 10K is. And that's when Camilla Noe of Montana State will run. She's also a Bozeman High product. So uh, five total Bobcats at the national meet, four of them who prepped in Montana. Pretty cool. We'll go over all of that uh, here in a little while as well. We also got our Garden City Spotlight highlighting some of the best performances from across the city of Missoula. So we got kind of the best of the best of the state championship weekend when it comes to a little Garden City flavor for what happened uh, last weekend. Hour number two, we're going to do a fun ESPN roundtable. A lot of times... The ESPN Roundtable is our long-form interview for the week. Uh, today, it'll just be a long-form conversation. We've been doing this fun exercise, the most impressive moment and the most memorable moment uh, from the the, the uh, athletic year that was by sport, by season and by sport. We left the, you know, quote-unquote, most popular sports until uh, the end here. We haven't done a couple of the spring sports, but we also haven't done football or basketball at the high school or college level. So we'll give you those. Uh, Andrew and I will hash that out during the ESPN roundtable. And about 5.30, we got some free wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, and we got some analysis on the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Mike Anderson, the co-head coach of the Grizz hockey team, will join us uh, in studio. So I'm looking forward uh, to catching up with Mike. That's our show outlook here on Nuanas Now. Thanks so much for hanging out with us uh, here on your Wednesday. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We are coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. If you watch on TV often, you'll notice uh, we got some new decorations. So if you've been following along, uh, Andrew Houghton, our producer, and I, we've been living together for the last two years. Uh, He's got his own place now. I'm in the midst of uh, a big-time remodel. We're repainting the entire inside of the house, specifically uh, a couple different rooms. I'm going to be gone for five days, so I figure what's a better time to have the painters come in than while you're away. But because of that, we basically had to move all the heavy furniture and all of the art out of the house. Uh, I wanted to do a redesign anyways, so all of the sports-applicable art that I have or or memorabilia or whatever, I brought in here to the studio. So you'll see uh, some new decorations. The one up front of me here, if you're watching on SWX or the ESPN MT app, Mr. Larry Johnson, the uh, one of the all-time great college running backs uh, during his time at Penn State. His senior year, I would argue, is one of the great senior years of the 21st century by any offensive player. 
And uh, then he went on and did it for a short time, but a very prolific time in the NFL. He had a couple absolutely all-pro seasons, and then as we've seen so often, uh, too much tread on the tires for Larry Johnson. But, uh, I, you know, I, I talk about my affinity for the Minnesota Vikings on this show quite a bit, but other than that, we pretty much give you straight objective analysis, especially in the football world. I don't know if a lot of the listeners know that I, I was a pretty big Penn State fan growing up. There was a couple reasons for that. The first... Uh, uh, the first uh, issue of Sports Illustrated I ever got that I ever received had LeVar Arrington on the cover. Uh, the article was all about Penn State being linebacker U. I had just sort of familiarized myself with the Grizz football program as well, and there seemed to be some crossover there as well. So as a kid in Montana that wanted to be a linebacker, then was a linebacker, I thought, wow, well, I, I, you know, I got to go play at linebacker U. So Penn State sort of became my de facto team. The way that the whole thing fell apart there at Penn State with such the unbelievable and horrific stuff with Jerry Sandusky and Joe Paterno and, and the way that it all went down, it was utterly heartbreaking to me. And, uh, you know, I'm certainly not even close to as passionate of a Penn State follower. And if I, if, I mean, if there's an FBS team I follow more than the other ones, you know, probably outside the SEC. It's Penn State, but still, you know, I'm not I'm not that invested in it. But at that moment in time, when I acquired this autographed picture of Larry Johnson, uh, I was a big time Penn State fan. I don't even know what that's worth. It's probably not even worth what I bought it for at this point. But it, to me, it's it holds a lot of value because it's just great nostalgic memories. If you look over my shoulder here, uh, the New York Giants painting picture that I have. Uh, it, it's of the Golden Gate Bridge and the Giants logo, if you can see that. Super cool. Uh, my mom's side of the family, my mom grew up in, in the Bay Area, and several of her brothers have lived on and off around there. One of them lived in San Francisco and then around San Francisco for a long time. So we went to visit a couple times. I've been there as an adult as well. Uh, I can't remember which trip it was, but whatever trip it was, uh, a street artist that was a spray paint master spray painted that. Boom, right there for me. Pretty crazy. I've had it for a long time. Uh, another thing that I used to be a fan of that I've kind of fallen away from, I, I loved Barry Bonds. I loved the San Francisco Giants at one moment in my life. So uh, new art decorations, new memorabilia, new storytelling for you uh, coming up as we uh, you know continue to, to work on the, the home reno uh, at the Nuanez abode. You're listening to Nuanez now on ESPN Radio. Thanks so much uh, for being here. Uh, Andrew, I got advice yesterday. Andrew Houghton, our producer, joining us. I got advice yesterday from Carolyn, Chicken Doesn't Know Sports, about my upcoming trip to Milwaukee and Chicago. Carolyn, of course, spent a lot of her formative years living in uh, in the Windy City. Um, I've gotten some good recommendations from Robert Chase, our program director at the Trail. He's a Midwestern guy, St. Louis guy. Have you ever been to, to Wisconsin or, or to Chicago? You were in Chicago recently, right? I was in Chicago just last year, and yeah, I've spent uh, a fair amount of time in Chicago. I've spent several days there because I often end up traveling through there when I'm going back to the East Coast, and it's sure. just a, yeah. a natural stopping point. So I've also ended up going through Wisconsin because it's easy to drive through when you're going driving from here to the East Coast and vice versa, but I've never really spent much time in Milwaukee. Yeah, I, I've never been to either, so I'm very much looking forward to it. I know our uh, fearless leader here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, she's from Madison, Wisconsin, so she wants us to go to Madison badly. I don't know if I'm going to have any time for that, but that, that seems appealing to me as well. So I don't know what I'm getting into, but it uh, should be fun. Uh, anything to add? Sorry. 
Oh, no, I, I wouldn't, uh, you know, deign to add any more recommendations if you sure. already talked to Carolyn, who's lived there, <laughs> yeah. uh, and Chase, who certainly spent a lot of time there. But I just, um, you know, definitely worth it going and just hanging out and walking down by the lakeshore, right? you know? Uh, just if it's a nice day, spending some time outside. I know Carolyn was kind of dumping on the idea of going to a White Sox game. Yeah, I went to a White Sox game the last time I was in the city for a couple days. I had, I had a great time. I like uh, New Comiskey or whatever it is they're calling it these days. Sure, uh, it was it was a really fun experience. So maybe not be so quick to dismiss that if you're just going for the tradition of of Wrigley or whatever. But I like the White Sox game. We also have to continue hashing out this uh, whole deal with the merger of the Live Tour. And the PGA Tour. If you're a loyal listener, if you're a regular listener, you know that we have a uh, couple times a month segment, The Business Angle, presented by Blackfoot Communications, with our good friend Justin Angle. Justin is a professor of business at the University of Montana Business School and a really sharp guy, great guy to have a conversation with. The existence of the live, the rise of the live, the bidding wars that have existed within the live, uh, the, the controversy between the Live Tour and the PGA Tour, it's all been truly perfect fodder for that segment. We've talked about that as consistently on the business angle as anything else that we talk about. Because it, it is such this revelatory and so exact and in-your-face example of exactly what the business angle is about. The overlay between business and sports. The money behind uh, the competition, Right. I'm still having a hard time wrapping myself around this. The Live was created. The Live stole several of the best golfers in the world. The PGA dug their heels in and said Live players wouldn't be allowed to play in uh, major championships. Unfortunately, the PGA only has direct jurisdiction excuse me, over one of the four uh, major championships. So then once the Masters and uh, the U.S. Open started letting the live guys in, then all of a sudden that went away. So now live players are playing against PGA players in a major championship. Then there's a, a, a lawsuit and a counter lawsuit. The, the PGA ends up coming out on top of that. So you think that uh, it's just going to be these sort of polarized entities competing in the world of professional golf and how much will those hurt each other? Uh, is there enough of a captive audience to ha- have, a, you know, a captive audience for two different tours. Uh, it remained to be seen. But then sort of out of nowhere, there was no leaks about this. There was no really anything about this. And I know it blindsided a whole bunch of the players. And you can tell that by their by all of their quotes over the last couple of days. But basically, the Live and the PGA Tour, boom, they merge. Side note, the the litigation, the, the, the lawsuit and the countersuit, that did come to a settlement. The PGA basically came out on top in that. But you have to wonder with how fast this happened, if there was stuff that was maybe going to come out in discovery from the, the lawsuit and the counter lawsuit that the PGA didn't want to see. It's also crazy in this day and age to have such a explosive deal happen behind closed doors with no leaks and then boom, it's over. And then the last point here, the last impression here that I have is that if I was one of the PGA guys that had been so steadfast about representing for the tour, representing for the tradition of the tour, not jumping just in the name of money, I mean, that, that's been the sort of moral dilemma here is that it, 
on one hand, you can't fault the live guys for wanting to make guaranteed money, for doing what's best for them and their families, making a huge financial gain, providing themselves more financial security. But at the end of the day, at what point is money become the omnipresent thing here? At what point does money overwhelm everything else? So there's this whole moral conversation attached to this as well. Then you talk about where the money comes from with the live. It's how all happens so fast. I don't really have a true understanding. I'm going to spend a bunch of time on my flights to and from the Midwest reading about this. But as we stand here right now, it's totally wild that this happened. And if I was one of the guys on the PGA like John Rahm or Rory McIlroy that really stood up for the PGA Tour and the tradition of it and didn't go chase the money, didn't jump to the live, and then it comes back and smacks you in the face and all of a sudden you're just reassociated with the live right away and you didn't get paid, I would be unbelievably beside myself furious. So, so, so mad. So, I don't know. This is so much to wrap our heads around because I, I would say it's unquestionably the biggest sports merger of our lifetimes, right? I mean, e- even the, the previous mergers of like the NFL and the NBA some 50, 60 years ago, they were so much more slow moving than this and they weren't nearly as explosive. This has completely changed the entire essence of pro golf over the last couple of years. It's crazy to see. I mean, what have you thought of this whole thing, Andrew? Yeah, there's a, definitely a huge discussion to be had about this. Uh, in, just in the interest of time here, because we do have to get Chantal Yeager on the phone, one observation here, or one note, I guess, and then one just general observation. The note is that everybody is treating this as though it's going to be a done deal. Right. When, in fact, uh, I think that this has the potential to run into some obstacles Yeah. because of exactly the point that the Liv was making, right? The PGA Tour was treating the game of golf like a like a monopoly, right? It had right. monopoly power. In fact, the Live Golf Tour's original suit against the PGA was an antitrust suit. Now that you have uh, these two uh, organizations merging, uh, is the government going to get involved on antitrust grounds? I right. think that's going to be a, a big storyline, and I think that everybody who's treating this merger, and I say that with air quotes that nobody except Coulter can see, <laughs> yeah. uh, is probably a couple steps ahead of themselves. It might work out. It also might not, and I don't think it's going to be as easy as, as people think that it is, especially because there's there's a political dimension to this as well, right? Oh, Absolutely. And that's that's where it gets so muddy. We will come back to this, of course, and uh, we'll be more educated on this uh, next week. But we got to step outside this conversation and get back into our high school uh, state championship conversation. Uh, we'll get a, we're going to do some more state championship stuff next week as well to sort of put a bow on it. There's so many spring sports and athletes to highlight, and uh, you know we also had a short week last week, a short week this week, so it's been a little bit interesting trying to get it all in. But we will uh, keep talking about what went down over Memorial Day weekend a couple weeks ago when it comes to state uh, track and field, uh, state softball, state tennis, and uh, any other of the good storylines from across uh, Montana high school sports. It's part of our Prep Extra covers presented by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank has been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. When we go down to the Rankin Brothers RV phone line, Welcome in the head coach of the Gallatin High Raptors track and field program, Chantel Yeager. Chantel, how you doing? I haven't talked to you in a long time. What's been going on? 
I've been doing pretty well. Um, just enjoying the great season we had. How are you? Very good. I I, uh, I had a, a fond memories of covering your time when you were running there at Montana State. I don't know if you remember, but I even remember you when you were back at Yakima High School because I or back in Yakima uh, at, at West Valley High School because I remember watching uh, you when I was living in Ellensburg. So I remember I've, I've watched you compete a lot, but I'm so happy you're back into coaching. So to start there, I mean, how did you first kind of get into track and field coaching and, and what's this opportunity been like? Uh, at a brand-new high school with a brand-new track program, now just three years there at Gallatin. Um, Coaching has been just phenomenal. And, of course, I fell in love with the sport as an athlete growing up all throughout middle high school and college, too. And so when my time as a Bobcat ended for um, track and field, as soon as my last track meet ended, I knew I couldn't. Um, leave the sport entirely. So I knew my next role just for me would be to try and help and coach so I could still um, allow athletes to have as great of an experience with the sport as I did. And so uh, if you would have asked me uh, seven or eight years ago when I graduated from MSU, if I thought I would ever be a head coach, I'd probably say no. Um, I, of course, specialized in sprints and relays, but throughout my time coaching, I've learned to love and appreciate all events. And, you know, Eric Fisher, who um, was the head coach at Bozeman High when I was an assistant coach there, he really planted the seed in my head and told me that I should definitely apply to head coach when he had moved on. And, you know, he's such a great mentor of mine, so I'm going to follow any advice he gives me and so yeah him and um dale kennedy have been great influences on my coaching career and so that's kind of how i got into coaching i um gallatin high has been uh very helpful and supportive along the way and they've been helpful because of course this was my first go around as head coach so yeah well, very cool. Chantel Yeager joining us here on Nuanas now, head coach of the Bozeman Gallatin High School Track and Field Program. And uh, fun to hear. And those are also great mentors to have in the in the track and field world. Let's talk about the performances of your boys because that's kind of the entry point here. Uh, the first ever state championship there for the uh, Gallatin High School track team on the boys' side. Shared it with Helena Capital. Uh, we'll get into some of the individual performances. But uh, what did you think of just the overall team effort? And what was that like, sort of doing it for the first time? Because there's only one first-time uh, state championship for a high school. So pretty cool, pretty uh, historic there for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'd like to say that winning the state championship this season was a surprise, but, you know, the boys' minds were in it from day one when this season began a couple months ago. Um, and so when everything kind of settled in that the boys had tied for first, I didn't have any sense of surprise or anything like that. I was just incredibly proud. And um, I can proudly say I kind of saw it coming. You know, the boys um, proved themselves in divisionals the week prior that even with um, a rough start to a multi-day track meet, they can still finish hard. And a lot of the boys, I think, have loved the sport of track and field, so they've really understood the dynamics of a team race and um, – a long meet like that. So they were just along for the ride the whole way. They knew they could do it and uh, never gave up. I mean, it took until the last event for us to secure that first place finish with Helena Capital. And the odds, I feel like, were just um, not super high. And it, we somehow still achieved it, which, um, like I said, 
incredibly proud. The boys across the board uh, were not just thinking of themselves. They were thinking of the team and that's where they wanted to succeed. You know, they wanted to, of course, do great in their individual individual events, but they were doing it for each other so they could all get up there and hold that large trophy at the end. Well, it's, it's so cool when it does come. I know it's probably uh, heart-wrenching and also stressful when you're on the coaching side of things or as the competitors as well. But for mm-hmm. the spectators, it's so cool when it comes down to the final relays. And we saw that in several different state track meets this year. Class A came down to yeah. the final relay as well on both sides. But, I mean, what's going through your mind headed into the mile relay? And, and what would you think of their effort to just go, uh, to, you know, win that event and, and get a share of that state championship? <laughs> yes. We were all, of course, incredibly nervous. We were, the coaches and I were, I mean, calculating every scenario we could think of. But, I mean, at that point, it's just in the in the hands of the athletes. And that boys 4x4 team has been competitive for about two years now on the state level. And they've had experience, you know, with great wins. And they've had a ton of experience leading that race. And so, of course, as athletes who excel in events, sometimes by a lot, um, the over sometimes they can feel a little overwhelmed when they finally do have competition around them. And so the big thing with them is to just keep your composure in events like that. And they know what they need to do. They've done it enough times. And yeah, they got out and competed. Of course, like I said, there's been a few times this season where that that gap between runners and that mile relay can get kind of large, but it was a tight race all throughout. And so I was just super proud of them. They've all been super experienced and have ran these relays before. And so they just knew what to do. They knew that they had to win if they wanted to um, be atop of the podium and tie. And so when, once Garrett Dahlke crossed the finish line, all, all of us coaches just lost it. We were just so proud and so excited. Chantel Yeager joining us here on Nuanas Now, TSPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. She's the head coach of the Bozeman High School track and field program. Uh, Bozeman Gallatin, excuse me, track and field program there. Uh, I, I got to ask you about Nash Coley because uh, he had such an outstanding junior year, but also uh, really peaked there mm-hmm. at the state meet, won the uh, state title in the 400 meters, won the state title in the 300 meter hurdles. Uh, also scored points for you in that mile relay and the 110 hurdles and the 200. I mean, he, he was all over the place. So um, what did you think of just his contributions, not only at the state meet, but also just throughout the year? Because uh, he seemed like a big-time point scorer for you guys every weekend. Right. Nash has been a key contender all season. And the great thing with him is um, the work between him and my coaching staff, we've been planning all along. You know, he... He's a kid that likes to plan ahead, and, you know, ultimately he learned a lot from his brother, uh, Garrett Coley, who graduated last year, former Gatorade Track Athlete of the Year, which is super awesome. He learned a lot, I think, from just having such an awesome athlete as an older brother, too. But, yeah, I mean, whenever I met with Nash, uh, we would plan ahead of time, you know, because he has um, a lot of depth in the sport of track and field. He's definitely been around the sport for a really long time and has tried just about every running event and field event too. And so it was really just enjoyable to try and figure out where Nash fit in best, making sure that not only he was doing events that he wanted to do, but again, he'd always um, tie back and say, I do want to score as many points as I can. And so it's just, 
super wonderful as a coach to have an athlete that's willing to do that, not only wanting to excel by themselves, but to um, help lead their team by example. And, yeah, I think he has to be super satisfied with his season. Um, and, of course, Nash Coley's not finished yet. We have another year with him. So we're super excited for him to keep growing. Well, last thing for you then, uh, to build up a program like this, just from the ground up and, and then to win a state championship in your third year uh, as a high school, pretty darn impressive. So uh, what were you remember most about this? And, and uh, how were you guys able to do it? I mean, how were you able to come overcome some of the challenges and get to this point so early on? Yeah, well, thank you. First off, it's it's always been a whirlwind. You know, I am absolutely in love with the sport of track and field, but head coaching is just a whole other thing to tackle. And um, I definitely cannot take the, the first championship as a team. Um, I can't take all the credit. You know, I have some of the best coaching staff uh, helping out every day. I have some of the best in the state, in my opinion. They're phenomenal. They're former MSU Bobcats of mine. If they're not former Bobcats, uh, they've had experience on the collegiate level and all sorts of things. And so I really do delegate a lot of my responsibilities to my coaching staff, and they've just been so helpful. You know, um, sometimes the head coach doesn't get to coach in depth the sport you know there's a lot of administrative things that I've been um, learning how to do and just trying to keep the athletes in mind first you know and so what I think I'll take away from this year is just how we began with the end in mind you know we were thinking about that state meet since the beginning of March when we were first getting together as a team as coaching staff and all of that and um, the nice thing, too, is I think just the culture of Raptor track and field is not to just kind of celebrate the success, but just to continue to grow as a program. We want the um, coaches to continue to grow and just get better at what they do. And certain, certainly we want the athletes to grow not only as athletes, but as young adults and help this success prepare them for what's to come in the future, whether it's on the track or on a, on a field or on a court or just in life in general. So, yeah. Well, that's what it's all about. Chantel Yeager joining us here on Nuwana's now head coach of the Bozeman Gallatin High School track and field team. Uh, first time state champions there for the boys uh, at the class double a state meet a couple weeks ago, shared the title with Helena capital. Chantel, great catching up. Thanks so much for joining us. Congratulations on all your success. I'm sure we'll talk to you when next track season rolls around. But in the meantime, be well. And thanks so much for giving us some time today. Of course. Thank you. Thanks for giving Gallatin High the recognition. We always appreciate it. There you go. Chantel Yeager, sports are friendly like that, right? I mean, I remember interviewing that young lady at a, you know, a regular season track meet when she was in high school. And and uh, I, I wasn't much older than her. I mean, when I was living in Ellensburg, I was only 22, 23 years old. And this was when she was in uh, Yakima, Washington, which is only, for those that are unfamiliar with Central Washington, Yakima is only about, I don't know, 25 minutes south of, of Ellensburg. So Ellensburg High School was in uh, the same conference as all the Yakima High Schools. So I, I was driving down to Yakima all the time for sports. But I remember this young lady being such an outstanding uh, runner, and I remember her winning the 200 meters at the uh, Washington State track meet 
And then I, I get to a different job in Bozeman, and all of a sudden she's in Montana State, and she's a champion there as well. So uh, it's sort of cool how it comes full circle. And as you can tell, I'm a very articulate and very uh, well-spoken young person. So we appreciate Chantel Yeager for, for joining us. Uh, but it's always cool when it sort of comes full circle and you have familiarity with somebody, and then they're giving back. I loved what she said there about how to you know put the athletes first and, and why that's important and, and that why that's been key to the success. Uh of the rise of a, a high school that's only three years old, but winners of its first uh, ever Class AA uh, State Boys Track and Field Championship. It's Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX by Tad Television, and the ESPN MT app. We'll stay on the, the track and field note, but we'll move to the college level. River City Runners highlighting what to watch tonight at the NCAA Track and Field Championships. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. We were talking about this at my bachelor party, not my bachelor party, but a bachelor party I was at a couple weeks ago. Genesis. Somehow. Genesis was like the biggest band in the world for a moment in time. And they still get so much play on radio, certainly, but they're like not at the tip of the tongue in the conversation, which is just crazy considering how popular they once were and then how much success Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins both went on to have after they broke off from each other. I've just been on a Genesis kick. Bear with me. It happens a lot. Welcome back. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Off tomorrow and Friday, so no Nuwana is now, but we will have some content rolling for you during this time slot. And uh, most of you... Never change the channel off ESPN Radio anyways, right? So we'll have some national programming as well. We have a couple podcasts coming up, uh, SkylineSportsMT.com, a couple Big Sky breakdowns coming up. One is going to be uh, some analysis around some interviews you might have already listened to on this show, but maybe not. We're going to put them in one spot for you. We've had all five head coaches from across Big Sky Conference football that are new on this radio show over the last, oh, I don't know, five months basically since the beginning of the year. And so Andrew and I wrapped for about 10 minutes about each of those five openings. And uh, we'll have a self-contained podcast there where Andrew and I give you analysis on what's going on at Idaho State, and then you'll hear from Cody Hawkins what's going on at Cal Poly. You'll hear from Paul Wolf what's going on in Northern Colorado. you hear from Ed Lamb what's going on at Weber State. Mickey Mantle what's going on at Sac State. Andy Thompson uh, might actually make it into two episodes because I haven't spliced it together yet. Andrew and I talked for about 50 minutes about this, but then each interview is, you know, 15 minutes long too. So depending in the, in the name of time, it might be a two-part episode, but that's coming uh, pretty soon here. SkylineSportsMT.com, and we'll play at least excerpts of that here on ESPN Radio as well. And we also did uh, an, another podcast where we gave our letter grades as part of an ESPN roundtable for all of the various college programs here in the state of Montana, both Montana and Montana State, all the sports. We didn't do football, so we did about an hour uh, on that as well. So appreciate Andrew Houghton for contributing to those and appreciate your interest in them. We'll, uh, like I said, we'll play excerpts from each of those Big Sky breakdowns here uh, on ESPN Radio. And you can find the, the full uh, several new episodes of the Big Sky Breakdown uh, in their totality at SkylineSportsMT.com. That's coming up. Uh, we'll probably have the first of those three 
I think it's going to be three episodes. Probably have the first of those three up here uh, tomorrow. Uh, that's what I'm going to do uh, while I'm in the airport awaiting my chariot to the Midwest. I'm going to edit some podcast stuff. So uh, look forward to that. Time for our River City Runners, highlighting some of the best accomplishments in the wide world of running. It doesn't have to necessarily be here in Missoula. It could be from around the state of Montana. But this is an obvious subject matter because tonight at 6.02, I got my alarm set. Duncan Hamilton will run for a national championship. Now, Levi Taylor of Montana State, Rob McManus of Montana State, they're also in the uh, 3,000-meter steeplechase final. Uh, They're certainly contenders to be All-Americans, no doubt about it. Uh, Top 16 finish will get you an All-American nod. Top 8 finish will get you a first-team All-American nod. Last year, Hamilton and Levi Taylor were each first-team All-Americans. Hamilton did not get that elusive national championship, though. He lost in a photo finish. The guy who beat him ran, I think, the third fastest college time ever. Well, now Duncan Hamilton has run the second fastest college time ever at the NCAA West Regional a couple weeks ago. So he goes into this as the number one overall seed, and he is certainly the favorite to win the men's 3,000-meter steeplechase. Even though he's the favorite, if and when it happens, it will be a landmark moment in the history of Montana sports. I mean, that is, that's pretty darn cool. I, I think that the most recent... Bobcat to win a flat-out national championship is Shannon Butler. Uh, And that was more than 30 years ago. So it would absolutely be a historic moment. Duncan Hamilton has been a kid that's been talked about endlessly on the show. He has joined us as a guest. I don't even know how many, probably six, seven, eight times over the last couple years. And uh, he's he's an exceptional ambassador for the state of Montana, first and foremost. I think that's what makes the story so cool. But that's 6.02 tonight from Austin, Texas. Three different MSU runners in that uh, men's steeplechase final. Then at 8.08 tonight, the men's 10,000 meters featuring Ben Perrin, who's a Kalispell product. Perrin is, uh, I think, the 26th seed coming into this thing. But he'll certainly... uh, be in the mix to get into that top 16 if he runs well and depending on the race strategy and the moves he can make. But uh, anywhere in that top 16, you're getting an an All-American nod. So we'll see, but that should be fun as well. And then the fifth Bobcat competing is Camilla Noe. She's in the women's 10,000 meters at 9.08 tomorrow night. So by the time we are back on the air after the weekend, we'll have results. Uh, But but if you haven't seen I I know there's probably a lot of people out there that are – uh, that have listened to me talk about Duncan Hamilton and and some of these uh, track and field kids that are the top level of the Big Sky Conference, especially the ones that are from Montana that are still running for the Montana colleges. I think that's a great story. But there's probably so many out there that hear what I'm saying and you understand why I'm giving uh, a lot of airtime to these kids. Well, maybe you haven't watched. If you've never watched, I, I would highly suggest tuning in. You can find links on the, the MSU Bobcats website. You can also just go to the NCAA website. There's a live stream available. Uh, it'll be on ESPN Plus, I believe, as well. Uh, there's also a live results site. But if you haven't ever watched this and you do have a little bit of, of time, just at 6.02, watch it. The race is only going to take probably eight and a half to nine total minutes. So it's over pretty quick. It's a completely unique event. It's a completely different uh, competition. There's excitement involved in it. And, I mean, what's better than watching a kid from Montana run for a national championship. So uh, should be really, really cool to watch. It's it's almost melancholy 
that Duncan Hamilton's time as a collegiate athlete in Montana is coming to an end. He's going to run for a long time after that, but it's it's just it's just not as visible. It's just not as you know the Olympics and the World Championships and the, and the national championships are absolutely as visible, if not more visible, than college track. But it's all the rest of them that all the rest of the meets where you know he's not going to be winning athletes of the week. He's not going to always be in the news. So I'm just trying to a- appreciate it. Uh, while it lasts, no doubt about it. That's our River City Runners here on Nuanas now, highlighting some of the best storylines from the wide world of running uh, around the state of Montana. We'll stay on the spring sports kick. Some of the best individuals from the Garden City, Garden City Spotlight. Next, keep it right here. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio Missoula. Man, I hadn't listened to this song in so long. I don't even know how I found that. Little Brian Adams and Tina Turner collab. Taking it back like 40 years. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Juan is now ESPN Radio. Happy Wednesday. We got some wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill coming up for you in about 45 minutes. To win those wings, all you're going to have to do is call us. So remember the number, 406-888-1029. Not yet. But 888-1029 will get you there every Wednesday. Is a Wing It Wednesday presented by the Despo there on Russell Street right across from the YMCA. Time for the Garden City Spotlight. It's presented by Missoula Electric Co-op. Missoula Electric Co-op has been contributing to the sustainability of energy in Missoula for decades. They have done a ton of infrastructure building when it comes to solar powers and uh, they're proud supporters of high school sports across the Garden City. Here's a couple of the uh, top performances by Missoulians from the uh, state track and field uh, and, and also the state championship weekend a couple weekends ago. How about Hudson Lemke? A kid that's peaked at the right time Two years in a row. Last year, he uh, scratched at the divisional meet. This is as a sophomore. Hudson Lepke, by the way, is um, a junior at Missoula Sentinel. He scratched at the Western AA meet last year and then got eighth in the qualifying to, to barely make the finals in the 100 meters. And then he goes and runs 10.97 seconds to set a Sentinel record and win the state championship outright, beating a, a field that included Reed Harris, who's headed to Boston College for football, Tom Carter, who's headed to Montana State for football. So Lepke sort of topples this, this field of Goliaths. Well, then he comes into this year, and uh, he had a, a, a good year, but he didn't quite pop it. But then his, he, he hit 10-8-9 in the 100 meters, at the Western Divisional track meet, and that then, uh, and he won the district, the divisional championship. Go, takes the number one seed out of the West into the finals, and then he runs the second fastest qualifying time at the state meet, ten point nine six seconds, and then runs ten point eight seven seconds, a PR by uh, by about six one hundredths of a second, and uh, wins a second straight state championship 
in the boys' 100 meters. So uh, pretty darn cool. I-, I was trying to think, and I'll do more research on this. This will be a stat for next spring. I was trying to think of a young man that's won three straight 100-meter titles at, at any classification uh, in high school track in Montana. Even the fastest of the fastest guys, I don't know if they won three in a row. It's it's just so impressive to be able to to do it as a as a, a sophomore. You know that that's what's the most impressive part about this. But to enter your senior year with two under your belt already, uh, definitely impressive for Hunter Hudson Lemke of uh, Missoula Sentinel. More uh, stuff from around the Garden City. How about the Missoula Hellgate girls tennis team? They won the AA state championship, and that's the first time in 10 years that somebody not named Bozeman High, I guess 11 years technically, because Bozeman had won 10 straight titles. So Missoula Hellgate, uh, they finally uh, get their gold medals uh, as a team. They finished second six times under head coach Brian Hanford. So um, certainly a huge accomplishment for the Hellgate girls and uh, never easy topple in a dynasty, but Hellgate certainly did it. Well, the Missoula Loyola boys are also working on a little dynasty as well. They uh, have won three in a row now, and it was an impressive performance uh, by Missoula Loyola's boys as well at the Class B-C meet. Uh, they won the singles title. They won the doubles title. And uh, it's uh, it's a great tennis program that, that Patty Danforth's got going on over there at Missoula Loyola. Speaking of Bryant Hanford and Patty Danforth, they are also – Nominated for the Montana Coaches Association Spring Sports. Uh, they're not nominated. In fact, they are the winners of the Coaches of the Year in their respective classifications and sports. Brian Hanford, the AA Girls Tennis Coach of the Year, and uh, Pay Danforth, the Boys BC Tennis Coach of the Year. Spencer Holes of Corvallis also won the Class A Boys and Girls uh, Track Championship or uh, Track uh, Coach of the Year. Excuse me. A variety of. Um, Missoulians ha- had strong showings at the Class AA uh, state track meet, uh, including some champions uh, from Missoula Hellgate. Missoula Hellgate um, did really well in um, both boys and girls on the AA side. State champions on the boys side for Missoula Hellgate. Alex Shields won the shot put with a throw of 53 feet, 10 and a quarter inches. Um, Aiden Nichols won the javelin, the throw 192 feet even, and that's the best throw in the state of Montana uh, by a long shot for sure. On the girls' side, uh, state champions included Jameson Malloy. Uh, Caitlin Skinner won it in the mile, and Jameson Malloy finished second in the mile, So, and then Rose Wiltsey finished third. So a, a podium sweep for Hellgate in the mile. Also, Sophia Miller and Stella Diaz also uh, placed in the top six, so a ton of points scored there in the girls' 1,600 meters. Then Jamison Malloy also went out and won the two-mile uh, 11 minutes, 11.05 seconds to outlast Claire Rutherford. Claire Rutherford, the uh, reigning cross-country Gatorade runner of the year. So um, the Hellgate distance crew has... Uh, Certainly on par with, if not unseated, Bozeman High School as the, the premier distance core in the state. And uh, really impressive for them to be able to, to uh, get that many on the podium in some of those distance races. Hannah Moses of Missoula Hellgate, she also uh, set a school record and won the Class AA championship in the pole vault. Her jump 11 feet at 9 inches. So a ton of great uh, points scored. And a ton of individual champions for the Hellgate, especially the Hellgate girls. Uh, the, the state champions 
in boys track and field uh, from Sentinel included Ava Kellenberg uh, of of the Spartans, who uh, as a junior is already one of the most dominant triple jumpers the state has ever seen. Uh, she will certainly be in the mix at the very least to uh, break the school record uh, in the triple jump. She was 39 feet, 4 inches, which is about 5 inches off of the all-class state record. But again, Ava Kellenberg, uh, only a junior. Emily McElmurray uh, also hit the podium at, with a second-place finish in the triple jump. So that, those were sort of the leaders there uh, for the Missoula Sentinel girls. When it comes to Missoula's teams at the state softball tournament, Missoula Sentinel played really, really well uh, throughout, and they were able to rally back through the loser's bracket to get a trophy. So Sentinel finishes third, bring home a state uh, trophy. Big Sky also won several games, but they ended up losing a loser out on Saturday morning to Sentinel. So they were like the de facto fifth team, basically. But uh, good showings by both Missoula squads that made the uh, Class AA uh, softball um tournament field, uh, and an award recently for uh, a Missoula Big Sky girl, Grace Hood. She's a junior catcher there for the Eagles. She had unbelievable numbers during her junior year there uh, at Big Sky, and she was named the AA Offensive Player of the Year uh, earlier this week. That's your Garden City Spotlight. It's presented by a Missoula Electric Co-op. Missoula Electric Co-op reminds you to, to teach your family, your kids, about the utility boxes. There's utility boxes in, in neighborhoods and parks uh, and just in various places in Missoula. And I know this time of year we're out and about. And, uh, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. So let your kids know that uh, the utility box is off limits. Don't touch them. Uh, Missoula Electric Co-op reminding you uh, to always prioritize safety when you're out and about. Uh, in the city of Missoula, Missoula Electric Co-op, also proud presenter of the Garden City Spotlight. Uh, each week here on Nuanas Now. Hour one in the books. Hour two coming at you. We got free wings. We got Stanley Cup playoffs talk. And we got our ESPN roundtable. What are our most impressive and most memorable moments from the wide world of high school football, high school basketball, college football, and college basketball? We'll do that next. Don't change that dial. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 